Hello and welcome to the Journey Further podcast, a show where we learn from the people and businesses on a mission to do things differently. My name is Nathan, but for this episode, I'm handing over the reins to my colleague Isabel from the Journey Further book club. Last week, she spoke with Alex Barker as part of a live book club discussion. And Alex is the co-author of the brand new book, How to Be More Pirate. The title of that book might sound familiar as it is the sequel to 2018's Be More Pirate by Sam Conniff. I spoke with Sam on a previous episode, so be sure to check that out. But in short, that book inspired a lot of people into action and formed a global community of rule breakers. Alex is now leading the charge, connecting the dots in that community and helping those people drive the change which they seek. She's had an interesting journey up until this point, working in the charity sector and a long stint at the RSA. She's very candid here in her reflections on the first book, her working relationship with Sam and a lot more. There's tons to take away from this conversation. If you enjoy it and you're not already a member of our book club, you should sign up for free at journeyfurther.com and you'll get invited to loads more live events like these. The next voice you will hear will be Alex Barker's and her answering the question that we start all of our discussions with, which is, what's the wrong you want to write? The wrong that I'm trying to write, although I'm very conscious of wrong and right being relative terms, um, maybe that's part of this, but is to stop people sort of blindly following convention and to really believe in possibility. And I think, yeah, that's been the guiding force for my own journey as much as anything um, and almost coming out of a seven-year period of almost feeling like I was asleep for a while in fact believe it or not I even was writing a novel called The Age of Sleep I mean it's sitting in a drawer don't get me wrong it's <laughs> it's relegated to the drawer but that that I think was I, I sort of thought about it recently I was like wow that was a, a symbolic of how I was feeling about everything and when I was in my early 20s I I went through a you know, I, I was introduced to um, the world of sort of international develop, development campaigning and it was really pivotal in terms of how I looked at the world and, and understood what was wrong and what was right or what I thought was wrong and right. And I found it pretty overwhelming. Um, and and it was also 2009 and, I, and it was a recession and I, you know, there was this real drive to just try and get some work alongside grappling with all the stuff in the world that was going on. So... I, yeah, I think I, I sort of succumbed to this idea of you've got to, maybe maybe succumbing is a bit harsh, but that I just needed to kind of get my head down, get a job, get on with it, um, and not think too hard about anything else. And yeah, I I feel that Be More Pirate was a bit of an awakening, um, as it has been for so many people. And that is what I want to help people to do. Um so how did I come to be more pirate? Uh, depends on how far you want me to go back. And I'm conscious that I wrote a little bit about this in the book, but mm. I, um, yeah, like I said, I'd, I kind of gone into my career by, um, through sort of the charity sector, international development that went into social care, where I was very much on the kind of front line of understanding what the problems were in health and social care and dealing with that. And it was very messy and quite difficult. And so after that, I, I decided I wanted to take a bit more of, a, of like a, a back seat, I guess, and go into a more um, administrative role or a bit more of a kind of, um, let's say, I don't want to say cushy, but <laughs> a little bit, maybe a little bit easier. And 
that's when I got into working at the RSA um, and kind of progressed through that and got into communications because I felt that communications was really where my strengths lie. And yeah, kind of went then over time really felt that I was hearing all this rhetoric about change again and how important it was and seeing some great ideas and projects emerge and some brilliant people, but feeling like fundamentally nothing was really changing. And I think I was on the same, in many ways, the same journey as Sam was on where you working really hard towards these goals, but frustrated that externally, like it was like a, you know, pinprick that you were doing. And so therefore the question kept arising, what is it that really makes change happen like what what does it take of me as an individual uh, of, a, of an organization or of, you know society at large so these were like big questions but simultaneously I was sort of burning out a little bit through work because I was taking on more and more stuff and trying to you know progress as well and yeah 2018 I around the time that Sam was releasing the book I had seen him talk at the RSA but it went over my head because we had about three or four different authors come and talk every week and you know, I was just a bit disillusioned with all that. I thought, well, so what? You're putting another author on a platform here. What does it matter? Um, and because I wasn't seeing the follow through, that was the thing. It was like, these here are some great ideas, but what are you going to do about it? And that was my frustration. So I took a bit of a career break. I went, I actually went to Vietnam um, randomly and just decided to try and write that novel, <laughs> or try to, and take some time to think about what it was I was going to do next and really was thinking about changing direction altogether because I didn't see I couldn't see where I could go with the kind of social change agenda it didn't feel like in the UK that was really um that you know there was such a gap between supposed aspirations and the and the rhetoric and what was really happening on the ground and I and it was sort of coincidental I I picked up some freelance work working for another author and he was um brilliant and really inspiring um, and really, I was just trying to look, I was kind of looking for an adventure. I thought I want to at least change the structure of my life. So I was looking for freelance type things or things that would give me no routine. And I was actually in, I was actually on a, a transit bus between the airport and the plane when I saw the advert for Be More Pirate, uh, Right Hand Pirate come up on my phone. So I was just scrolling through my job alerts. And I just remember having this really like this feeling of like, this is the thing. This is it. I, I just somehow know that this is the next thing that I'm going to do. Um, such a strong gut reaction. I hadn't really had that for a long time. And yeah, so it was pretty much that. I applied and went, flew back to London to interview with Sam. We kind of clicked really quickly because I think he says in the he says in the new book, like I challenged him more. Mm. I was, again, I still f- harbored that disillusionment and that kind of like, are you the real deal here? Like, do you live your values really? And so... I wanted to make sure that whatever we did next really did do that. And I think that it, you know, I think that we have stuck to those principles of honesty and transparency and yeah, staying true to what we both really believe in and the problems that we've experienced in the past. Yeah, the thing that I found really striking in in kind of the opening um opening part of how to be more pirate is how you explain that you kind of picked up be more pirate and your initial reaction was you kind of threw it threw it away. Mm-hmm. Um why do you think you had that reaction to the book um, initially? I think it was really because I'd seen so many authors come through the doors at the RSA and stand on that stage and talk about their big idea for change and what was going wrong and what we needed to fix. And there was no follow through. There was nothing. I think the only time I saw follow through, at least there, and I know I'm picking out the RSA specifically, but I think this is broadly 
across lots of different like think tanks and a lot of the social innovation sector in general that the only time I saw any kind of follow through was after Frederick Laloux came and talked about reinventing organisations and then we sort of formed a reinventing work network and that has actually genuinely sort of translated into a bigger movement. Be More Pirate was actually a past Journey Feather book club read. It was it was a little bit polarising between the members of the book club. Um, some people just bought into the Be More Pirate ethos immediately um, and kind of wanted to challenge the status quo and challenge rules that didn't seem to make sense. And I think for other people, um, you know, the pirate metaphor is very strong. Um, and actually some people weren't sure if there was kind of that substance behind it. Um, that as you, as you say actually has the power to make change happen yeah no I I felt the same I thought what are people going to be able to do as a result of this and let's be honest about people's capacity here let's say you're just an average person who's working a job working really hard has families has um, you know hobbies other so many other priorities going on plus all the constant distraction of the 21st century life what's going to motivate them to really kind of go okay you know now I'm going to be the person who stands up and does something, who rebels. And rebelling is hard. I think that that's been my experience of listening to all our community over the last year, that it takes quite a lot. And I also felt that Sam was very much coming from a perspective of, of a person who's inherently always been quite pirate in that he create, has created his own rules and organisations from the very beginning. So the idea of rebelling to him is probably quite second nature. And how does that therefore sit with other people who are coming from a different position and me coming from inside an organization not particularly high up but then I think there's a challenge in that that was interesting to me um he said he'd received thousands of emails from people who who were explaining how they were applying it and I thought well that's as an investigation at least god this has got to be pretty interesting so that's where the the second book came from and where my job came from really (laughs) so how would you describe how to be more pirate in your words I think I described it as applied wisdom. So it's the the reality. And I'd say even, dare I say it, do down my own book. But I, I would say that the stories in this book haven't reached fruition yet. This is where they've gotten to probably one to two years after reading Be More Pirate and applying the ideas. And and that's a testimony of what of what it's really like to, to do, to embed in a, a new mindset and then apply whatever the actions that are generated from that new mindset it takes time and it takes effort and so I would yeah I would describe it as the reality almost of what it takes to to get into this and Mm. really take that you know Sam's principles of rebel and rewrite and reorganize and redistribute and everything and the how I guess also for me the how of being more pirate is different to probably what you would initially see from Sam's book like I look at the front cover of that and I think someone said to me really early on that would appeal to the rebel archetype and I I was like, okay, I, I get it because it's bold and it's in your face and and it's your kind of your fierce pirate, your your swashbuckling, cutlass wielding pirate. But actually, there's so much more underneath that, which is why I put the, the the point about pirate codes at the beginning because that's the foundation. Like understanding what you believe in, what matters to you, what your values are, that's the like anchor through which you will be able to then really keep going when you're going to need to keep going. Because if it's just you know, Sam always says, oh, start being pirate by break, breaking a stupid rule. But you need to know why, at like a core level, I think. That's what sustains it. So for me, it was to slightly, you know, maybe rebalance what being more pirate is about or where you should start and, and create a more realistic framework for that. Mm. And so you talk about the pirate code. Um, and obviously, that's something that is kind of in the first book, um, but you delve into it more deeply in the second. For anyone who hasn't experienced or heard about 
that idea for themselves before what would your kind of framework be for creating a pirate code and why do you think that people need that yeah so the first thing to say is that there is no one way to create a pirate code it's about creating your culture on purpose yeah sort of blueprint for culture and that's different in every organization it should be personal it should be unique to you you know whether it's a small group of you working together informally or whether it's a team um, but it's really about closing the gap between your intentions and your actions and it, and it comes it, for me at a personal level it it's important because I'd seen so many examples of trying to create organizational values and then them being just a list of words that sound quite good and can't really be debate you know can't really be questioned <laughs> they're like oh we we uh, strive for excellence. I always give that example because I, f- I feel like I've seen that so many times before. But what does excellence mean? Like, where are the parameters? How do you understand that in the day-to-day reality and behaviours that you're seeing around you? So it's a kind of living thing, a pirate code. It's not. So, it sounds like it's a document, but it's it's more of a way that you translate your principles and the things that you believe in into day-to-day work. So almost like you probably will write some stuff down at some point and have something there, but it, it needs to be tested and and lived all the time and expressed. And, you know, it's actually more useful to kind of verbalize it in a way, day to day. Another key thing, or that was really a bit of an epiphany for me throughout the last year was that you need simpler rules. We need, we need simpler rules and the policies that we create to supposedly support work environments are too prescriptive. They're sort of dictating you what you should and shouldn't do on a very like detailed level. And actually, I, I remember diving into the BBC's like editorial guidelines, and they have sixty something like sixty different guidelines on how what you can and can't write. And I've actually seen examples where that has seen them fall down because they'll go, "Well, I better follow the guideline." But actually, what was needed in the moment was to use your judgment because mm. the lands, you know, especially in the media, like the landscape's changing all the time, and we need to be able to exercise our judgment and an organization needs to give trust to its people to do that. So that's a really cool thing about the pirate code. If you have some principles and things, like if I say we are, you know, we respect each other, then we have to be able to have an ongoing conversation about what respect means. Uh, And that dialogue is so good and it's so missing. So that's why I think that's what a pirate code is to me. Um, Not just a list of principles, but like a living thing. And I guess in the first book Sam explains a lot he he goes a long way to dispel the myths about um this idea that we have of what pirates are and 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 what they did and move away from this kind of cartoon version but a big part of that was community building um and that was something that you came on board um with Sam to actually do was to 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 utilize that community that then formed around the first book and for people who want to make change happen or can see big issues often those issues you know at a societal level can feel much too big if you're just one person as you say you feel like you're just making a prick but what would your um experience be on on kind of gathering like minds together um and how people can set out to to build a pirate code amongst a like-minded group of people yeah it's really interesting so I, I directly took my previous experience of network building and what was what I felt was going wrong and tried to apply it to this in in and I've seen that also just materialize through the different kind of mini crews within our bigger pirate crew. Um, the first thing is like real relationships. Like that's a foundation of, you know, and, and that's where I saw what was happening was wrong. It's like we weren't making any change because we didn't, we wouldn't really have like a bond between us that felt that we were together, accountable and 
had a similar like a belief between us that was really bonding and that we were going to make change to make that happen it was more like we kind of roughly agree on some like broader societal things but it we did we weren't it wasn't with us at an, at an emotional level and that's really important so getting a few a group of few people together kind of airing your frustrations and also being willing to be a bit vulnerable about how you why you're why you're there why you're really there and quite often these when it comes to talking about big societal change the reason that we really want to get involved is to do with our our lives and our person you know our personal circumstances whether it's like i say in the beginning of the book like the unaffordable childcare or whatever those things really motivate us to make changes and so first of all just bonding the group and the relationships um and I think the second thing is the idea of the small bold actions that the the kind of nature of the of the actions you need to take it isn't that you need to write another paper or a blog about it necessarily I mean not to say that sometimes I think articulating your ideas can be helpful but I think it's almost more helpful for you just to kind of clarify what if you if you really want to sort of make an impact you have to think of that that slightly bolder thing that is out of sync with with norms um, it's like, I, again, I sort of say in the book, like I use the Greta Thunberg example because it is so powerful that she just did the one thing consistently again, day after day, that wasn't, you know, that, you know, live, lived her belief. And that has become a global movement. So this idea that you, an individual couldn't do something, especially an individual who's young or doesn't have any resources or anything, is is proven to be untrue. So it's really just about identifying that action Um that will make you sort of stand out or will make the cause stand out in a way. And it can take a bit of time to get to, to exactly what that could be. But I think you can you can do it from a, a really small situation where it might just be within your team um, and you can and you sort of, you know, send that email to the person who you'd never usually email because it's totally not the done thing. But in doing so, you, you just start to chart a different course. And so I think those are the two places I always start with, the crew building and the kind of small bold action. The new book feels like a collation um, of a lot of experiences. And I know that's because you spoke to a lot of people um, after the first book. How was that process going around and meeting um, people who'd bought into the Be More Pirate movement? Yeah, um, it was, I mean, it's generally been amazing. I couldn't really believe that this is sort of work life. It was so, it was so authentic. We weren't really, I was just really understanding who they were, what they were doing. You know, the first one I had was just what I thought would be a, maybe a hour coffee in the Welcome Collection, um, the cafe up there in, by Euston, and turned into like two and a half hours where we shared life stories. And there's something so bonding about this uh, this notion, this pirate story for everybody that you kind of get in deep. You can't really avoid it. <laughs> so, so yeah, the, the relationships are much deeper. And, and with that comes some responsibility that I definitely feel. And over the lockdown period, going back to people and kind of getting more detail on their stories, like I feel that the people in the book, you know, are almost like much further than me and live pirate so more so much more authentically because it's just threaded through all their all their day to day work, all their battles that they're fighting, the constant pushback against convention. And the thing is, the annoying thing is, is I get more stories every day. Um, right. Like last week, there's a guy who emails saying, "Oh, I thought you'd like to know. I'm I'm in the actual navy, the Royal Navy." And we've read Be More Pirate and my mentor really liked it and I've, we just got into it. So we've, we've created a small crew and we're really trying to turn the, the Navy pirate. And I was like, this would have been so good. That's the next book, Alex. Yeah, that's just solved your, um, yeah, your, your pitch problem. This is, that's it. That's your next proposal. It's fine. Um, I guess, yeah, 
when people are passionate about something as you say it lends itself to sharing your own experiences because there's usually a reason that you feel so passionately about an issue or something that you feel is out of your reach do you think there's a common frustration that runs across everybody that you've spoken to who've kind of embraced be more pirate it's this idea of putting people second and Mm. process first or process or money I think, you know, we get that in the broader narrative of people, the idea of putting planet and people before profit. But that sort of just you know, doesn't always translate. But it's it's definitely this idea of we're losing our humanity, I think. And that's kind of, again, like where I try to describe it as being a how to. And, and the how is so important, like how we behave with each other. Um, those little interactions it kind of signal everything in a way that's picked up in almost all of the I'd say in all of the stories um, and that's again why the code the pirate code is so important because it's the way that you can nail down how you do behave with everybody in that that doesn't really matter like what your end goal is um, all the stuff in between how you meet together how you talk to each other is what gives people the, the almost like the belief that things can be different absolutely um, and I I guess you know we're in a moment now where obviously we're in a global pandemic um and there are also a lot of other social movements that have kind of come to the fore in a way that they haven't before um at this time particularly around kind of race um in society how was it launching this book at the time that you have um you know kind of during a pandemic um I think Sam says at the start of the book that kind of the control freak in him wanted to to halt um and not and not put the book out um because he was worried that it wouldn't you know land but how was that experience it was challenging just on a on a, on a work front i was not i was not worried about the the message landing i thought the message if anything would land just as well as it would anyway and that there was use, useful examples through the pandemic that we could we could bring in you bring up the black lives matter and sort of other protest movements that have happened through this period and I, it's been fascinating to me because at the beginning of this journey, Sam and I had a big discussion about where this whole movement sits within protest movements in general and activism, and especially, you know, with Extinction Rebellion becoming so big and that, you know, it's a very other kind of rebellion. I felt quite clear that we've, for a very long time, had very specific levers of change. So you can protest, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't and we know that the biggest protest we ever had with the Iraq war did not work we can petition which sometimes works but there are so many petitions um, and much of them very big ones don't really have an impact and we can give to charity as a way to make change Um, but again in my sort of by and large I think that a lot of charity is, is good but it, give, it essentially puts a plaster on a problem rather than uprooting the problem from the source. So for me, none of those none of those levers of change are really going to do the, the work that's needed. And it's so interesting with Black Lives Matter because this has started this very needed conversation about unpicking the system, about unravelling the rules that are upholding it. And quite often that can just mean you not doing anything at all. You are simply upholding a system that is unequal. And the recognition that it is unequal and that people are suffering they've just not been saying anything for a really long time and accepting that that's how it's just is so this huge call for like no actually this has been happening I definitely know from my own experience that that was that to be true and I thought this is exactly what we're trying to do we're saying look at the power that you have and the position that you have 
in your workplace, in the in the thing that you you're whatever you're doing somewhere, everybody is sort of an expert in something somewhere. And in that knowledge that you have of how a particular job role works or a system works, then you have the ability to change it because you understand it. And that's brilliant. And that's such you're sitting on something that's great. But it is up to you to to look at it honestly and go, does this really equate to the outcomes that we want? And if not, what can I do about it? Um, and, and the only barrier to get over with that, I think, is the fear, the fear of, you know, rejection and sort of social stigma that might come, social etiquette. I don't think, you know, I think that people always jump to the job, the thing of like, I'll be fired, but more often than not, you won't. And actually, the, rea- the opposite happens. You, people will respect you and go, wow, if that smart person that I have always thought was brilliant and done great work before is saying this then maybe I I need to think about it um so it can be really powerful yeah what a like a rallying call to arms I I I think the yeah the quote um from how to be more pirate that kind of resonated with me the most was as uh, what you said about getting out of your own way um and I think yeah that's so important and um yeah particularly around the Black Lives Matter movement and kind of people feeling guilty that they've never really understood these systems before um and then realizing that actually it's on everybody to to behave in a different way and and to actually begin to understand that system it takes a a sense of getting out of your own way um and and thinking bigger than yourself so um yeah I, I thought that was very uh an inspirational thought um and one that I'll certainly be doing I just wanted to um, ask you, Alex, the three questions that we kind of ask all of our, our quick fire questions. Um, so the first one is, what did you used to believe in that you no longer do? Yeah, uh, the that speculative conversations with strangers are a waste of my time. Very much not a waste of time. And how are you trying to, how are you having encouraging those and having more of those? Um, oh, it's even more interesting during COVID because... You know, at the very beginning of when I worked with Sam, his diary was his, was mental. Uh, it still is mental, but so I had to cut out all these spe- what I considered to be speculative conversations with no real sense of what they wanted from him, um, that all or wouldn't contribute to our objectives. Because that's you know, I'm very schooled in like be strategic and <laughs> maximize time, and I think that that is good. But then I realized like how important it was for both of us as people who like people. And the energy that we need in order to talk about this work was was gained through the connections that we have with people. So sometimes you meet someone and frankly, you're not going to do any work together. But the conversation is wide ranging and interesting and you get to know a bit about them and their perspective on life. And it's so enriching that it doesn't bloody matter if you don't end up doing anything together in the long term. And I've learned that and I, I now schedule them deliberately. Mm. And I've gone on Friday with a, a young guy and it's usually people who come through Be More Pirates so they, they like the, the concept, but... I just like to get to know what they're about and I learn so much and I, I wish I'd done that more often in the past and not sort of dismissed it because it wasn't necessarily strategic. Well, it's very easy to to kid yourself that you don't have the time or something else is more worthy of your time. Um, if this wasn't your mission, Alex, what would be? I'm going to cheat this question because I think I'd probably always circle back around to this um, in some guise or another. And I don't. I think in the end you can't avoid the truth of like who you are or what you care about good answer very diplomatic um and if you could recommend one book um for members of the book club to read what would it be 
well, I'm going to cheat this as well and do two, but um, the first one is a, a book called Intelligent Disobedience, which whilst I, obviously this is again me searching for a bit of the substance in the message of Be More Pirate. I think, you know, Be More Pirate's incredibly inspirational, great, great stories. But this kind of gave me a bit of the behavior science around the concept that rebellion is the responsible choice, that actively being disobedient it actually creates safer and better outcomes in the end because you are, you know, questioning and challenging norms. Um, and there's lots of examples in that book that are great. The second book that I wanted um, that I wanted to just mention was because I really believe in fiction. I studied literature before I did politics and it's all very well to read books about like, you know, anti-racism and theory books about change, even my book. Really fundamentally, you've got to emotionally under the skin of other people's experiences I think in order to be sort of moved enough to change so I a fiction book I always recommend is Americana because um, I just think it's it's just it's challenging it's beautiful writing really challenge challenges a lot of ideas around racism um, and in America particularly but I, I thought it was brilliant she's a phenomenal writer and I, I would agree I'm a, I'm a huge fan of hers um and uh, yeah, if anyone hasn't read um, We Should All Be Feminists by her, that is also a fantastic, um, fantastic little uh, novella. Um, I will say thank you very much, Alex, uh, for joining us. Um, it's brilliant to hear from you, your experience um, yeah, of, of looking after this community of problem solvers um, and people who are passionate about making change happen. And I think on a personal level, it's just very reassuring to understand that people are out there um who want change to happen and and yeah don't feel too disheartened um by the current climate to to just sit around so um yeah thank you for for sharing that with us thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure hello nathan here i would just also like to extend my thanks to alex for joining us for that event and to isabel for hosting if you want to hear more about how to be more pirate and tons of other great business books, you need to join the Journey Further book club. We host events like that every month and condense down all the best insight from all of these books into your inbox every week so you can learn, get ahead, even if you don't have time to do all of that reading. Just go to journeyfurther.com and follow the book club link to sign up. If I could ask one other favour, it would be for you to leave a rating or a review in your podcast app and tell us what you think. We love to get the feedback. We love to hear from listeners. And it also helps more people discover the stories which we tell on the podcast. Thanks very much. And I'll see you next week.